Welcome to the Independent Herald Sports Minute, a podcast of the award-winning voice of Big South Fork Country, the Scott Highlanders, the Oneida Indians, interviews with players and coaches. This is a brief look at what's happening in local sports. And now, here's your host, Independent Herald publisher, Ben Garrett. Oh man, you know I'm a big fan of the work that my voiceover guy does, but that flair that he added to my intro there at the end, that seems a, a little bit overly dramatic, doesn't it? I mean, it's like you're going to get some celebrity, and instead, you just get me. So we might need to work on that. But anyway, this is the Independent Herald Sportsman, and I am Ben Garrett, and believe it or not, it is sports season. Now, real quickly, let me tell you what the IH Sports Minute is and what it isn't. If you remember from last fall, it's just a brief look at what's happening in high school sports in Scott County. What it isn't, it's not really a minute. I don't think there's any way that we can ever truly fit it into a minute. And these first few episodes especially are going to be long and lengthy because we're going to be talking to some of the coaches about the season ahead and what we can expect from our local teams. With that said, our guest today will be Onana Girls Coach Phil Newport, his soccer lady Indians, will start the season on Monday with a trip to Knox Webb. Then in our next episode, we'll hear from Scott High head coach Eric Henry as his lady Highlanders get set to start the 2020 season against Oliver Springs. Now, coach Newport, I cannot tell you how exciting it is that we're actually on the verge of starting this season. The last time that we were playing sports, we were down at uh, Murfreesboro in March where the lady Indians were in the state basketball tournament against Loretto. It's been a long five months. And this week and this start to the, to the fall sports season has been a long time coming. So let me ask you first, how difficult has it been to try to prepare for this season with the uncertainties that have been presented by this coronavirus pandemic? Uh, it's awful because, you know, we were really kind of handcuffed until two weeks ago, and, they, and then they told us to let it go. And it, I feel like it's almost like you feel like you, you keep approaching something and hope that the other shoe doesn't drop. And if we can get to the point where we start playing, you know, maybe they'll see we can keep it under control and it won't be, you know, they'll let us go. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, But whether that's going to occur or not, I mean, some days I feel like that that it's all going to stop, including here at school. We'll have to go back to trying to do some things virtual. And it's just been, there's a lot of anxiety involved, not really knowing. And right before we talked today, I saw that there were six new cases that have been announced today in Scott County. Is is that something where you watch the numbers every day, or is it something that you ignore because you can't do anything about it anyway? There isn't. There's nothing I can do about it, and it's been, you know, unnerving. I don't, you know, you certainly don't want to have people that are given the virus and then just try to keep pushing things and make it worse. I don't want that to happen. But, you know, and the same thing, I'm thinking also of the guys that were here last spring, and all of a sudden they've been told that they can't play anymore. Seniors, juniors, whatever. And to take a kid's entire season away, although justified, it's probably really, really difficult for the kids in that, in that situation. And these girls have started up, and I know they want to play. And, you know, I'm just kind of hoping we can get to, if we get, get to Monday and start playing, you know, maybe it'll be a good thing. All right, so this year's team, you lost, uh, well, the most prolific scorer in this program's history in uh, Macy Dunlap. How do you replace her? Well, uh, we lost her, and you got to remember, there were, a lot of, there were a lot of players that were feeding her 
and a lot of those were underclassmen, so they were creating opportunities for her to score in great, great positions. And so the two girls that are on each side of her was uh, Aaliyah Douglas and Caroline Keaton. And I don't think even at the conclusion of my season that I ever had Caroline Keaton at 100%. And for her, the brace is off. She's right back to going full speed. Aaliyah's on the other side. Now, what we've got to do is be able to find some people that can close out like Macy Dunlap did. I mean, she finished place really well. And um, I, those two girls on the wings are going to be able to create chances for someone as well as themselves. Uh, so do you replace Macy Dunlap? No. But can you find people that can that can impact the game because of the, we still pretty strong on, on the left and right? I think we can. Uh, that's part of what we're doing through the scrimmage right now. We're seeing, you know, what available players we have that can replace Macy. All right, so you go to the other end of the field and you lost one of the best goalkeepers this school has ever had in Aaliyah Jones. But you had a freshman that stepped up last year in Claire Burris when Aaliyah got hurt and she did well. So do you think that she's prepared now to step into that role? I think so. She's got, she played five, maybe six games in replacement while Aaliyah was letting the Meneses recover. And the good thing about that is she got some experience with live ball uh, and she handled it really well because she won the deep rookie defensive player of the year based on that fact because she never played defense for me other than those instances, those six instances which she replaced Aaliyah. But the other good thing about that is, is the defense that I'm going to put in front of her, it appears to have a lot of experience. And if it doesn't have experience, it, it I put players that are athletic enough that their lack of experience is not going to hurt them. So I think the four girls that are in front of Claire will will help tremendously. I've got a I've got a girl that's been a three-time All-Region and she's a senior now and she played my sweeper. I, I've got Gracie Martin back and she's removed the knee brace, so she's back to 100 percent. I've got. I thought, really thought Caroline Bell did a really good job last year coming on defensively, played her a lot defensively. And so I, I moved her into a stopper position. So I've got really, you know, all three of those girls are seniors. So they have a lot of experience to build on. You can tell Gracie Martin has missed playing. Not because she's gotten worse, but because her intensity has improved. She wants to play. And that's, and I think she's going to be, you know, she'll be a great asset to this team. You talked about the injuries to Caroline and to Gracie last season, and really you were never 100% last year. You were banged up. How about now? Are you back to 100% as a team? Well, everybody that's playing right now, I had three girls in braces. I had Aaliyah Douglas, I had Gracie Martin, and I had, uh, of course, Gracie never got back, and I had Caroline in a brace. And I've got one girl in a brace right now, and that's basically because we're waiting on her growth plate in her knee to recover. And that's going to be – time's going to help that more than the brace is. But as far as the ability to go, none of them are hampered right now, which I like. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to jinx any of the kids. I don't want them to get injured again. But right now we're looking, we're looking okay as far as the injury thing is concerned. 
You mentioned your younger classes. You had a lot of freshmen who played last year. You've got a good freshman class coming in. Is there anybody in those lower two classes that you want to point out? Well, I don't know. I think, you know, I, I guess everybody's going to going to think that they're the super sophomores. I'm not sure I'd give them that title. As long as they keep working hard, they're going to be good players. Uh, Aaliyah Jones' sister, Alexia, she played last year as a freshman, and she continued to get so much – so improved so much that we ended up putting her in the center of the field and letting her control things from there and she's continued to do that of course claire claire's a sophomore uh leah douglas is a sophomore there are a lot of kids in that group that are solid that we already had solid soccer skills and probably the year's growth is going to help them that much more the freshmen that i've got coming in there's a bunch of them that are catching my eye to where they can help me if we have players that come off the field they can you know they can spot them for bits and pieces uh roy blevins uh ali smith i have a new one jalen um jalen anderson yesterday in the scrimmage she caught my eye a lot she was very productive so there were there are a lot of them in that group that are making roads i just haven't really gotten them into the lineup at this point but they will help me. What does the rest of the district look like? Is Cumberland Gap on top uh, of it? I think I, the last time I t talked to the coach at Cumberland Gap, she told me from last year that they were lose, they lost they lost either five or six seniors. Now, what impact those seniors had, I know one of them was the player of the year. So they've lost the player of the year from their team. I think, you know, it, it, we'll have to wait and see how they replace those players. But I don't anticipate anybody – making a massive jump on us. I think we'll be right there, back there in the thick of things. But I'm not sure where the competition is going to come from. I expect Cumberland Gap will, will be our biggest threat. And how about beyond the district? Uh, not many people would probably look at this team and say, well, you lost two all-state caliber players from last year, yet you've got a chance to be even better this year. But you were right there last year, right on the cusp of making it to Murfreesboro for that state tournament. Can this team legitimately have a shot to do that again this year? I just don't know who to look for on the horizon. It's it's really hard because, you know, somebody like Cosby last year, we knew they were going to be a solid team, but we didn't know they were going to be solid enough to beat Alcoa in the regular season and in the district, which kind of threw, threw us off guard, threw everybody off guard a little bit. Um, so... I'll have a really much, much better idea who to look at in the horizon after, by the time we reach the mid-season. Mid that way I'll have looked through, you know, how everybody else in East Tennessee is doing and where we're going to have the biggest competition is going to come from. But right now, you know, I would expect traditional people that have always been there, Alcoa, Cosby has played pretty well in the last couple of years, Gatlinburg, Pittman, those are the types of teams I'm looking at. Go back four years ago, and you were in a district with CAK and with Catholic, and it didn't matter how good you were, you were going to run into one of those private school juggernauts in the postseason. Fast forwarding to now, what has that done for the expectations, for the confidence level of your team, especially these seniors who have never finished outside of that championship game? It's tough because, you know, when you when you don't see when when you don't see that you want to achieve a goal and you don't feel like it's it is acceptable to reach that point based on the fact that you have other other teams that are playing on under a different set of rules then you feel like that 
that those kids over the past, over the years, including you know my daughter played on some of those teams, they had excellent teams, but they could not overcome the fact that other team, other private schools were bringing kids to the, their school, essentially, basically to play soccer, and that's tough. That's tough on on the kids that were wanting to play and wanting to be able to play in in, in championships. And since they removed that, oh, immediately we're competitive, you know. But we were competitive back then. We just always the bridesmaid. We can never get past that second place spot. And then even even in your district tournament, you're still still playing two teams from the private division. So it makes it a really extremely steep height. Uh, hill to climb. That's happened in the boys for a lot, of, a lot of years too. So, one more question: You guys, the last three years have won the district championship. You've been in the sub-state for three straight years. Scott High's been to the sub-state, and they've also been to their district championship game for the three straight years at their level. There is a really high level of soccer being played in Scott County right now, with both local teams playing at a championship level. What do you attribute that to? Is it uh, is it a different breed of soccer? Is it the ASO program? Yeah, what is it? It's the grassroots things that, you know, I think you can also credit Max Wayne. He's the one that, that continues to strive to keep the AYSO relevant in this county. Gets kids signed up, gets them playing at a young age, lets them find some enjoyment in doing that. And it's a sport that, you know, if it's got, if it's got that, the youth are playing it quite a bit. It becomes something that they are entertained with and enjoy, then they'll stick with it. And and we've been lucky and fortunate that we've had kids from, you know, the second, third, fourth grade that have, have started to enjoy that as a sport and they've kept playing it. I mean, I think our middle school currently has 30 players on our team. Wow. So you're getting a lot of kids. If I can have that many kids in an organization, you can weed out and find an you know, 11 really good players if they continue to develop. And, uh, you know, Julie in the middle school has done a great job of continuing to do that. We spend a lot of time with fundamentals, which, you know, not everybody wants to do, but it, 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 it's an essential part of the game. If they can become very, very skilled, the game becomes easier for them to play. And that's where we've gotten. We've gotten, a bit, gotten better in the skill set. And, you know, that's, that's kind of helped the development of the whole thing. All right. Coach Phil Newport on his Oneida Lady Indians as they get set to open the 2020 season on the road at Knox Webb on Monday out at Cedar Bluff. The Lady Indians' first home game will be on Thursday, August the 20th against Kingston. And it should be a great season for Oneida as they look for their fourth consecutive district championship and maybe somewhere on down the line a return trip to the substate with an opportunity to finally get to Murfreesboro. That's it for this episode of the Independent Herald Sports Minute. Thank you so much for joining us, and be sure to get out and support our teams if you have the opportunity to do so. We will see you again next time when I'm joined by Scott High head coach Eric Henry. Until then, for the Independent Herald, I'm Ben Garrett. Have a great day.